Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's gonna impact every other area of your life, from your finances, to your family, to your job, and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Our mission at the Pure Worship Podcast is to help you discover or rediscover that walking and talking full of purpose connection with God, that you might also empower others in the same way. So be encouraged and join the conversation as we go on the journey together. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I keep things interesting as we stir up conversation on the topic of because he loves us. I tell you, it's an incredible day when we finally come to grips with the fact that God initiated this thing called love. We didn't reach out to him first. He created the idea of close friendship with us, and it is him who invites us into it. The question is not, will we attempt to start a relationship with God, but rather, will we accept his invitation to have intimate fellowship with him? Everything in our lives depends on our response to this one revelation. He loves us me. A couple things to expect. Josh and I explore the touching story of how John Mark McMillan's song, How He Loves, was written and how it gives us renewed hope as a result of God's incomprehensible love for us. And I share a silly story of how playing a game of hide and seek with my kids helps us shift our perspective on the way God interacts with us. Listen, I've got to be honest, I believe the story I share in the second half of this podcast is the most significant and moving story I've told in any of our podcasts so far. I'm begging you, don't miss it. Skip ahead if you have to. This story is going to change your life. All right, let's pray and we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, We come before you now asking you to open our hearts as we engage in this life-changing conversation. God, renew our perspective on the beauty of your undeserving love and help us respond fittingly with our songs and our lives. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I know I've been thinking about Tuesday all week long, so let's not waste any more time before getting into this week's podcast entitled, Because He Loves Us. All right, Josh, how you doing today, man? Doing good, Jeff. Doing good? What's doing to good? Man, I'm kind of crazy today, man. Yeah, Excited yeah. to be with you today. Yeah, man. It's going to be great. I love talking with you about these issues. I find it to be more inspirational than just me sitting here and talking about myself. Well, praise uh, the Lord. Honestly, this is one of those things that this podcast really started out of us, at least in my opinion, it started out of us just having conversations. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those conversations when I talk with you, Josh, it's like... uh 
I'm saying something, then you're saying something. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and yeah. We're just back and forth, back and forth. It's reciprocating, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It just feels like, you know, and you don't, you don't meet a ton of these pe- types of people, but I mean, I just want to compliment you, like. Uh, it just means a lot to me to, for you to be my friend. Oh, and shucks. this is yeah. more than, you know, us just talking uh, in a public setting so people can hear us, you know, whatever, talk boldly about uh, all these issues of worship. But this is just, this is us just chatting because we love doing this anyways. We love talking together. Have the same people, DNA. People, we like each other. All yeah, right. Man. That's just how it is. Come on. Yeah. And we honestly had to make an excuse to try to spend more time together. <laughs> and this is my excuse. Come on. I, I got you to come in here and do these podcasts with me. Praise him. <laughs> because I'm like, man, what, what can I do? How can I spend more time with Josh? We're always so busy. We got all I this know. stuff going on. So I thought, well, maybe if we were busy together. <laughs> That's that how it is. <laughs> Let's service the church by rocking together. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyways, man, so that's just the heart behind this podcast is just, you know, it's born out of our friendship yeah. and born out of our, our love and friendship with God. Yeah. And we just, we're so passionate about wanting to help other people be released into all that they are in Christ. Yeah. Right. Amen. I totally. mean, that's, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're sitting here, you know, um, just sharing, pouring out, studying. We were just talking earlier, man, it takes a lot to put these podcasts together. You know, and I don't mean to say that like, oh, I hope you guys appreciate how much we're doing out there for you. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying it's a lot of work. Absolutely. But it's something we're so passionate about and we want desperately for people to be able to hear what the word says and to be able to think about some of these things. You know, sometimes we just have to unlearn stuff. Yeah. We've learned certain things and it's become some kind of tradition and we forget how the word applies to us and how it can really help set us free in our life. So that's what this thing's about. Um, and you know that part of what we're doing is that we are unpacking my book, uh, kind of chapter by chapter. It's not that specific, but, uh, individual chapters in the book, Awakening Pure Worship. Uh, we, first of all, are telling the story of how God has awakened worship in us. Uh, but then we want so much to be able to help you as you seek for God to awaken worship in you. And again, worship being something that's that that time where you are alone with God, and it's also all throughout the day. At the end of the day, guys, our heart is to have us, not not just you guys, but us too, for us all to mm-hmm. enter greater, uh, into in, in greater measures of fellowship, and really, guys, just to fall more and more in love with Jesus. Yep. Uh, and so, this that's is good. It's awesome. So, the, the topic we're going to go into today... It's called Because He Loves Us. Now, <laughs> you might, I don't know, that might ring a bell, this this topic, Because He Loves Us. Um, it really comes out of the idea of 1 John 4.19, mm. which says, we love Him because He, he first, first loved, loved us, us yeah. right? And, and we emphasize that He first. And we talk about this in various podcasts, but the idea that God doesn't ask us to do anything that he's not already done. So our worship is a response to his love for us. And and we we actually frame this in this idea that many people talk about when when you're talking about worship, that worship is always a response to a revelation. Yeah. It, It doesn't start with a response. It starts with a revelation. Of course, it's, it's a super simple concept, but we didn't, first of all, we didn't worship God first. 
he loved us first and he revealed himself to us in relationship. Man, it's so amazing because he didn't have to do that. No way. I mean, he didn't have to, to reveal himself. He was doing fine by himself. He could have just created us and just left us alone, do our thing. But no, he, he revealed himself to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so our worship then is a response to a revelation. And that's how it always works. Yeah. It doesn't ever work the other way around. Uh, at least it doesn't start with a response. Our worship always starts with with the revelation that we receive from God that then turns into a response. Just like the he first, right? He first loved us. Therefore, our only response, in fact, our compelling response, when we have a true, maybe you could say it the opposite way. When we don't respond to him, it's because we don't have a compelling revelation yeah. of him. Now, whose fault is that? Um, God is constantly revealing himself. Romans chapter one, he reveals himself in all creation. Yep. And it says that in, in Romans chapter one, that there's no excuse for man not to know because he has revealed himself. So if we don't have a revelation of who God is, it's not God's fault. Right. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us all of creation. He's given us each other. And there's so many avenues for us to receive revelation from him that will then cause us to respond. So you could even say potentially, and this is kind of scary, but that if we're not responding to God, it's because we don't have a compelling uh, revelation of God. Yes. And maybe you could go even further and say, if we're not responding to God, maybe we haven't encountered God. Mm. That's kind of scary. The disconnect is always with us. Yes. Yes. He's always chasing us. He's always coming to us and he's giving us everything we need. The Bible says he's given us everything we need so that we can have all that we need to seek him and know him. So he's revealing himself. Uh, The Bible even tells us, you know, it's not like he's playing hide and seek in the sense that he doesn't want us to find him. Mm -hmm. He's trying to help us find him. You know, when we play uh, hide and go seek with my kids here uh, at our house, uh, of course, when the kids are younger, I hide and I hide really good. And my little Clara, you know, she's six, but she'll come out and if she can't find me, Pretty soon, and usually way sooner than she's supposed to, she'll say, make a sound, <laughs> make a sound, <laughs> you know, and, and what she's wanting me to do is kind of go, oh, oh, you know, so that <laughs> she can tell by the sound yeah. where I'm at. Yep. And so God is almost doing that. He's already making a sound. He's saying, yeah. I'm over here. Come look, come look. And, but we're like so... Uh, we're so bored with life or we're so caught up in so many other distractions that, that we, uh, and I've had this happen too with hide and seek where I'm hiding at about halfway through the game. My kids forget that they're playing and they go off and get distracted by some other game and I'm still left hiding for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a really good hider. <laughs> and someone bring me a snack, please. <laughs> Here I am. Someone come find me. But, but that's what we do sometimes. Like yeah. God is hiding, but he's hiding with a desire to be found. The Bible says that when we seek him, we will find him if we seek him with all of our heart. Yes. So this idea of because he loves us, we love him. And of course, it always reminds me of uh, the song by John Mark McMillan, uh, Because He Loves and uh, man, it's just powerful. Wait, powerful. How, does that, how does that song go? I've, nah. never, I've never heard that he in never my heard, entire life. He never heard before. that one. Well, I know it's been how become he... a little cliche now because we've beat it to death. But, uh, <laughs> but it's such a powerful song, right? Yes. It's such a powerful truth as we understand his love for us. 
And, you know, John Mark McMillan actually wrote that song out of great pain, yeah. uh, great struggle, and just wanting to be able to respond to God, not out of anger because of something, uh, a really horrible situation that happened in his life, um, the loss of a very close friend. Mm-hmm. He wanted to respond and just uh, be reminded that God is loving us. And so therefore, out of that love, we respond to him. And we see this, you know, Genesis through Revelation, man, it's always that call and response. It's in the beginning, you know, God spoke and, you know, he created. And then, man, it's it's always everything follows after him speaking all the way to Revelation where he speaks or some mystery is revealed and bam, like the, the four living creatures or the angels, they fall or the yeah. elders fall down and throw their crowns. Like it's all, it's always he speaks, he does, he loves, he, he works his powerful hand and then we respond based on that. Yeah, literally so you could cool. go to any story in the Bible and he, God is always initiating always, right? He comes to Abraham and says, Hey, I want you to go to a land that I have not told you, you know, yep. whatever. And then Abraham responds to that. And that is actually worship to God yes. as well. Our, his response. But Abraham didn't initiate that response. Yep. Same thing. You know, God comes to Mary and, and, and says, Hey, you're going to have a child. Yep. And she's like, Whoa. And she responds. She says, let it be as you have said, Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and she responds and her response is then worship to God. You know, I love this quote from Chris Dupre. Man, I love this guy. Hmm. But he just lifts the burden off when, when he gives this quote. Because so many times in worship, we tend to want to strive as if we think that we have to kind of wave our hands down here and go, God, we're here. We're here. We're here. Almost like uh, Horton Hears a Who, you yeah. know, where all the, the, the people are saying, We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Yes. As if nobody, as if God can't hear us, you know. But he's saying, look, I discovered you. You're not discovering me. I chose you. You. Yeah. You're not choosing me. You're responding to the fact that I chose you when you don't, when I didn't even have to choose you. Wow. Right? So, so Chris Dupre has this quote. He says this, we don't worship God to gain his affection, but because we already have it. Yeah. Now pause, think, let me say it again. <laughs> we don't worship God to gain his affection, but because we already have it. As if we have to drum up some, well, if I shout loud enough or worship loud enough or, or, or pray long enough, then he'll love me. No, he already loves us. And it's because that he loves us, because he chose us, because he came to us in the midst of our sin that we now respond with this crazy, like exuberant, authentic, oh my goodness, did you see what God did for me? And that's what happens, right? The very first time that anyone gets saved, no one comes to God on their own, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got a verse, uh, I think that we we talked about, uh, where where it talks about that the Father is the one that draws us from the very beginning, right? Yeah, Yeah. this is John 6, uh, starting at verse 44. It says this, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. That's the revelation today, is man. It's 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 always him initiating. It's always him going out first. It's always him doing the work and us responding. Super yeah, sweet. it's beautiful. In, in fact, it's impossible for us to come to him first, right? Right. I mean, the very first time that God revealed something. Someone came to you, whether it's your parents or some guy on the street or some sermon or some movie or the Holy Spirit himself and told you God loves you. Yeah. And then you said, what? 
Yeah. God, who's God? Right. And then somebody said, well, God is this. God is that. You read in his word. Who is God? You mean he forgave me? He wants to take away my sin. He wants to have a relationship with me. And out of these incredible uh, revelations, then we can respond in worship. Yeah. Right? It's so powerful, this quote, right? Uh, from Chris Dupre, we don't worship God to gain his affection, but because we already have it. Boy, that takes the heaviness out of worship. That's so good, man. Not that we have to work really hard, and if we sing loud enough, he will love us. No, he already loves us, and so we worship out of that freedom. So cool. He already, I mean, it's the same as, as it is with, with my kids. We love our children way before they can love us. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible. So another thing that I want to uh, bring into this is this idea. We talk about revelation and response. This is kind of silly, but you know we gotta we gotta keep everybody paying attention, right? So when you talk about revelation and response, uh, the idea that everything starts with a revelation, it does make me think of the chicken and the egg, Josh. And I mean, I could avoid bringing this up, but I just think it's kind of cute. You know, you, you wonder which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, we know the answer to that question. Okay, it's official. We've definitely jumped aboard the crazy train. But I guess you'll have to stay tuned if you want to see where it all goes. Man, isn't it wild to think about all we've been saying? When we don't or won't respond to God in worship and relationship, it actually proves we haven't had a compelling revelation of who He is. Because when we do have an authentic revelation of who He is, we are compelled to respond to Him. We must respond to Him. And we won't be able to hold back. When we truly see Him as He is, we simply have no other response than to worship Him with all of our hearts. Okay, listen, right now we want to switch gears and do another contest for a free autographed copy of my new book, Awakening Pure Worship. All you have to do is email us at info at jeffdo.com with this information. What is the key element that Josh mentions as he talks about the woman who saluted in worship against her own will? It's just one simple word. Shoot it to us at info at jeffdo.com and you can win a free copy of my new book. All right. As we get back to the conversation, Josh dives into the concept of reciprocity and how it can bring our understanding of worship back to life. And I share a ridiculously powerful story about a woman who got utterly wrecked by God's spirit when she simply obeyed him in worship, even as it went entirely against her better judgment. So. Pour yourself another cup of coffee, settle in with us for a few more minutes as we get back to the Pure Worship Podcast. I mean, this is kind of silly. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because I think sometimes some of our leaders uh, in our churches get this reversed. Um, I, I've had situations when I've been leading worship and after the service, the pastor would come up to me and go, Jeff, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much for plowing the ground with a worship, kind of stirring the people's hearts with worship so that I could come after you and plant the seed of the word. They would be receptive to the word. And I'm like, wow, that's a great compliment. I mean, mm. seriously, I love that compliment. I absolutely think that's true. But what I realized is that it's the whole thing is cyclical and it goes around and around, mm. but it doesn't start with the response. 
I mean, when you talk about the chicken and the egg, right? I mean, this is silly, but we know the answer that the chicken came first. Yeah. We know that God created the animals, right? And then the chicken had eggs, right? So the egg did not come first. God made the chicken and then the chicken had eggs. Same with human beings, which came first, the baby or the adult. God created Adam and Eve, the adult. Yep. And the adult came first and then had babies, right? How in the world can this lead to something spiritual, right? But seriously, the deal is that we get it reversed. It's not the egg that comes first. Typically though, the revelation has to come before the response. Yeah. You can't respond if you have no revelation. Right? So, I mean, how can you worship a God that you don't know? It's right. impossible. And I'm not saying no fully, but you have to know something about him in order to worship. Yeah. You have to know he's good or you have to know he's done something for you or you yeah. have to know that he loves you. Why would I respond to a God that I don't know anything about? Right? So there's something that happens. There's a revelation that comes. Then we respond. So sometimes I think we get this backwards, or at least we overemphasize the idea that worship is preparing us to hear the word. Think about this. When we get to heaven, there won't be any preaching of the word anymore. Right. The whole idea of the word being preached is to get us to respond. Yeah. Right? In our whole life, the only reason that we preach is so that people will respond. Yeah. So it's ironic to me that we spend so much time we, we come into a service and maybe somebody does a quick call to worship. That's what we call it. You know, somebody might read a scripture or something. And the reason for that is because we need something to respond to. Yes. Now, absolutely. if everybody's coming filled up and they've had time with God throughout the week, then I think it works because you've had the revelation throughout the week. Then you show up and you're invited immediately to sing a song. That seems kind of odd to me, honestly, knowing this truth of revelation and response because there should be at the very least some sort of revelation that comes so that the people would respond. You think of the visitor. Yeah. He walks in the church for the first time and you just ask him to start singing to a God he doesn't even know. Yeah. You know, there's no revelation. And then so many times, once we have the preaching of the word, it's quick, let's go to lunch. Instead of allowing, and man, this, oh, this touches my heart because I feel like we need more time at the end after the revelation of the word for people to respond, to soak, to process, yes, to digest, to meditate, yep. Yep. to, to, if they need to repent, they need mm -hmm. to rejoice. They need to, whatever it is, you know, instead of just like, okay, close, but let's go to lunch. Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. So the beauty is I'm not saying that the pastor was wrong in saying that I plowed the ground so that, cause it does work that way, that something happens in worship that now we're open to hearing more of the word. Right. Right. So even with Abraham, you know, I think about that guy, he, he'd never known, uh, Yahweh, but then all of a sudden he starts having encounters with this God. Yep. And so I couldn't, when I'm thinking about this, you know, you can't worship a God you don't know. This was a God that seemingly he didn't really know, but what he did know is when he encountered him, he sensed love. Yes. He sensed his benevolence. He sensed his goodness. Yep. He sensed his fiery passion and power. Yes. But, and, and I think that's, that's why he was able to follow him was because out of him showing himself first and then Abraham following. Yeah. So good. One of the uh, quotes from the book, Awakening Pure Worship, it goes like this, a worshipful response to God is always born out of an insightful revelation from God. 
Let me say it again. A worshipful response to God is always born out of an insightful revelation from God, Hmm. right? So we can't respond if he hasn't revealed. Now he's constantly revealing himself. Yeah. And so then we respond out of that. And I mentioned that this whole thing is cyclical. What I love about this, man, (laughs) and here's a a little story uh, that I'll give you from our PWI Uh, conference that we've done, Pure Worship Institute. Um, Man, there's been some incredible times, but one of the most talked about uh, responses to PWI is when we do this thing we call the seven Hebrew words of praise yes. experience. Yes. You know what I'm talking about, I right? I know what you're talking you about. You know, and I won't go into the whole thing, but the idea is there are these seven, there's more than seven Hebrew words for praise, but we kind of get the, the bad end of the translation deal on this seven Hebrew words of praise thing because so many times there's a Hebrew word that's specific for a certain type of praise, yet our Bible just in English translates it praise. So if it says praise the Lord, we just think, okay, I have my definition of what praise Praise the Lord is, you have your definition, and we just do that. But specifically, it might be saying Barak the Lord, which Mm. is to bow down. Well, you didn't know it said Barak, it just said praise. Mm. But Barak is one of the seven Hebrew words of praise, which means to bow down or be reverent before the Lord. So you miss something there if you don't get that whole revelation. Well, in that word Barak, part of the meaning would be, yes, to bow down, but also there's this meaning of to salute which is also another act of reverence, right? So Hmm. this Barak word is kneeling, saluting. It's an act of reverence toward God. So this particular year at Pure Worship Institute, there was a lady who actually told me this story later. She came to me later and she told me, she said, when you said that we need to stand and salute, first of all, I thought you were crazy because how many times (laughs) do people call us to salute in church, right? (laughs) It's not normal, right? But I'm telling you, she said, she said, and plus I'm in the military. And I've been taught to never salute anyone except an officer. Mm. Now, I got to admit, Joss, I chuckled a little bit when I heard that because I'm thinking, you're telling me that you refuse to salute God, but you'll salute an officer, a human officer, but you won't salute the officer of officers, Mm. you know, the king of kings, the lord of lord, president of presidents. But anyways, I understood, you know, this is the way she's been trained. So uh, I would taught not to salute anybody that's not an officer. But after, and we do this for about two minutes at least, which can seem like two hours, we're saluting, we're saluting. And then she says, you know, finally I gave in. And what I do, she said, I took my hand and I slowly raised it up to my forehead. And as I touched my hand to my forehead, tears Mm. just, just like a river, man, flowing out. Now, I mean, I'm telling you something powerful here, Josh, when we brought the revelation of the teaching of the word of God, and then she in obedience responded to the revelation, guess what it did? It opened her heart for greater revelation. So good. Because all of a sudden she realized, now I, I don't think, Josh, that she would have realized her need to salute until she did it. But she had to have a revelation of what the word of God says. We don't always understand what the word means when it tells us to do something. But if you'll just do it, then you'll get the understanding after you do it. That's not fair, but that's the way it works in the kingdom. She didn't understand why saluting would make a difference. But when she put her hand up to her head, all of a sudden she was rushed. This rush of revelation came over her as to 
oh my word, why was I resisting? This is more appropriate. In fact, it's something that I must do. I'm compelled to do it now because I realize how God is someone more than any other person that I should honor and respect. Wow. Man. What a story. And then what's amazing is when you get the revelation, then you respond. And because you respond, now you're open to greater teaching and you get further revelation from that. Once you respond to the revelation, now you're open to even greater teaching. Yeah. Check this out, man. This is Mark four, verse 25. It says to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Mm. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Wow. So look at that. I mean, when you think about the idea that, and this is how the kingdom works, you you might think, well, that's just not fair. You know, Hmm. if you're not listening, you're actually going to lose what you already have. Wow. But he's saying, look, if you'll just obey, even when you don't understand, just like the lady did who was in the military and she decided, well, I'm going to salute even though I don't understand it. Yeah. As a part of the revelation that I got from the word of God, from that, that, that Hebrew word of praise, then all of a sudden it opened her heart to understand why yeah. and how powerful it was. So then now she's opened even more revelation, which now she's going to receive, which is going to cause even a greater response, which is going to open her to even more revelation, which is going to cause even a greater response. And this is called spiritual growth. Hmm. This is how spiritual growth happens. God reveals, he initiates, we respond. Yep. And because we respond, he initiates more and he reveals more. And because we respond to that, it just keeps on going, keeps on growing. That's what relationship is all about, man. Uh, right. In sociology, man, there's this law of reciprocity when you're, it's kind of like starting out with two foundations. You got this foundation, this foundation. And in relationship, like you and me, man, as friends, yep. you like you initiated this podcast, you invited me to come on board and hang out with you and let's talk about this stuff. So you started that. So that adds a layer to me, but then I want to pour into you and you Mm -hmm. pour into me and that's how Mm -hmm. we do in marriage. That's how we, but really at the foundation, this is what we're talking about. You guys is with God. He started it all. He initiated it all. And when, when he reveals, we respond and it just keeps building, 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 building. And it's really kind of a beautiful thing. That's so good. And I think a key element here, Jeff, even with this lady is humility. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of guts to humble ourselves and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try this. Lord, mm-hmm. I feel this uncomfortable thing of you calling me into this. I'm going to humble myself so that the revelation can come. Yes. I'm going to humble myself enough to respond to really receive what you've shown. Pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, man. So good. So we're talking about here because he loves us. Really, First John 4.19, we love him because he first loved. And this is how the entire kingdom works. Hmm. He reveals, we respond. And it's a beautiful picture of this back and forth, just as you said a minute ago, the relationships that we even have between each other. Uh, This is how marriage starts. Somebody says, hey, I like you. (laughs) And then they say, well, I like you too. And then pretty soon it's, I do. And the other person says, I do too, you know? And, And then it just keeps on going and going. So he's setting up a pattern here to show us how important it is for his revelation to start things and then the power of our response. And also, as we mentioned, 
the power of our non-response. Yes. That's scary. You don't want to not respond. That's a double negative, but (laughs) you don't want to not respond. When you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit, or you feel, you read a passage, you're listening to a sermon, and you feel a nudge, you want to respond to that. Yeah. Because there is a consequence for not responding. If your ears are already somewhat numb, and you don't respond even when you can hear partially, your ears are going to grow, your spiritual ears we're talking about, are going to grow even more numb. Yeah. So as you respond to his revelation, the scales on our eyes begin to fall off yeah. and we'll see even clearer. See, I moved from spiritual hearing to spiritual seeing. It's all the same thing, right? As you begin to respond to the voice of God, you're going to be able to hear the voice of God even more. So we respond to his revelation. It's an incredible idea, incredible way to think and understand what God has done for us. And so I just encourage you guys, challenge you guys, allow God to speak to you, show you something in his word, and then respond to it with worship. Hey, Pure Worship Podcast family, Josh and I are truly grateful to be walking with so many of you on the journey as we wrap up this week's podcast entitled, Because He Loves Us. You know, in some ways, worshiping God is the ultimate act of selfishness. What? Yes, because by putting God first, we are doing the thing that is best for everyone including ourselves. Of course, we don't worship God so we can get the benefits. We worship Him so we can have fellowship with Him. But we know that when we do worship, it changes us forever. Okay, on the next podcast, Josh and I push the envelope as we hit on the subject, protection in His presence. I assure you, this podcast is anything but tame. We have so many people in our churches attempting to live completely outside of God's protection. All the while, we have been given full access to his care and his covering. So make sure you connect with us on iTunes or Podbean, and we'll see you next Tuesday on the Pure Worship Podcast.